First Peter chapter 5 and verse 6. Have you ever committed yourself to the devotional practice of memory verses? It was a regular routine when I was a boy. In our family and in the Bible classes I attended, it was a regular routine of learning. Some of those verses I was asked to memorize, I still have in my head, though I'm not always able to retrieve it all word for word. But this one I remember, I think, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. We're going to spend some time together tonight with this subject brought up in this verse, humility. I spoke briefly about this in a recent Bible class, and then again last Sunday night in our study of David's prayer in 2 Samuel 7, this came up. And so what I'm going to do tonight will supplement what we've already mentioned in brief on the topic of humility. I like to state the matter in this way, extremes in how you view yourself. One extreme in one's view of self is way too high. It is exaggerated self-esteem. And Paul refers to it in Romans 12, thinking of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Now, the opposite, the other extreme in how you view yourself in modern language is called low self-esteem at such a dark level that you hate yourself. You are depressed at the very thought of who you are. Well, that is in defiance of respecting that you were made in God's image. Our worth lies in the truth of creation that we were made in God's image. But humility, I'm anxious to say, is neither at the ego-elevated level, nor is humility at the beat-yourself-into-the-ground level. Humility is an honest view of who you are as God sees you. God doesn't exaggerate my importance or endorse any arrogance, but God doesn't hate me and discount me and ignore my worth or value. Humility is formed in me when I let God, through His Word, inform me of who I am. And I create my view of myself and I maintain my view of myself based on what I've read in God's Word about His regard for me and His interest in me and my salvation. As I read God's Word and become better and better acquainted with God and His care for people and His extension of grace in Christ that enables me to be saved, that informs my view of who I am. Humility is formed in me when I let God, through His Word, inform me of how I should view myself. True humility comes to us through God's revelation of His Word and His Son. And then what we do is we move from correct concept to correct behavior. I mean, if you have embraced true humility 
and you have acquired that from reading God's Word, and you have a correct view of who you are, then there are valuable outcomes and products in your life. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. I want to use Scripture to identify those valuable products of humility, believing, as you do, that when we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, He exalts us, not in some way that makes us arrogant, but through the personally practical products of humility. Let me be more specific. Number one, humility enables me to be a seeker of knowledge. Humility enables me to be a seeker of knowledge. Jesus said in Matthew 5 verse 6, One of the Beatitudes, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Or some translations, they shall be filled. What kind of disposition do you picture in your mind when you read this? The phrase, hungering and thirsting after righteousness. Do you picture someone who is self-exalted and proud and boastful and wise in their own eyes? I don't think so. The person who hungers and thirsts for righteousness is the person who recognizes their need. The person of humility knows clearly where they stand. And they stand in need of what God offers through His Word and the sacrifice of His Son. And further, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness want that. And they want it so bad, they are driven to be fed by God's Word. If you were raised in a family with a bunch of kids, you know there was always that child you didn't have to call to dinner. He lingered in the kitchen. He was drawn by the smell of fried chicken. He watched the process and he was the first to be seated by the table and the first to dig in after the prayer, hungering and thirsting. That's the image. I love to be around people who can't wait for Bible study to begin. They have their Bibles open and ready. And I see people when I come down this aisle to begin teaching a Bible class. They've already read the passage that we're going to study. They started reading before the class started, maybe before they got here. And they pay attention and they're anxious. And personal learning takes place in that atmosphere. And then it can be translated into daily living. Hungering and thirsting after righteousness. Humility is what takes us to that kind of appetite. Humility enables me to be a seeker of knowledge. And the Lord says that such a person will be filled, satisfied. Pride hinders us from realizing our need. Even if we read the Bible, pride can drastically impact what we do with it. Pride keeps us from seeing what God wants us to see in His Word. Humility, on the other hand, causes us to seek and find and hunger 
and thirst. And God says, and Jesus says, when we do that, we will be filled, we'll be satisfied. It is written in the first psalm that I have been studying lately for presentation next Sunday morning when we start the new Bible class. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Personally, practical products of humility. It enables you to be a seeker of knowledge. Number two. Humility is essential for prayer to be powerful. It says in Psalm 9:12, God does not forget the cry of the humble. Humble people cry out to their God in distress and steadfastly take their petitions and gratitude and praise to Him day by day. It is repeated over and over in Psalms and various prayers that are recorded in the Old Testament. God does not forget the cry of the humble. Turn with me about this to Luke 18, please. And listen to verses 9 through 14. I'm in Luke 18, and I'm going to read a narrative that starts at verse 9 down through verse 14. Most people in the Sunday night crowd are familiar with this, that he also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and one a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector standing far off would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted which is exactly where we started in 1 Peter 5 and verse 6. The Pharisee, in this story, used prayer as a stage, a platform to perform, to announce how good he thought he was. He spoke to God while handing out numerous awards to himself and condemnation to others. The opposite is depicted in the tax collector who stood far off, could not even lift up his eyes, but beat his breast and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Where does Jesus take this? Jesus makes the application when he says, everyone who, he says, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. All of my praying needs to be grounded in humility. 
I shouldn't let a word out toward God that is self-exalting and arrogant and boastful. I ought to think soberly, reverently, and carefully in framing the words I speak to God. In fact, there is this warning given by Solomon in Ecclesiastes 5. Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. To draw near to listen is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools. For they do not know that they're doing evil. Be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God. For God is in heaven, and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. All my praying needs to be grounded in humility. Isaiah said it in Isaiah 66 too. But on this one will I look. On him who is poor and of a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. These are the products of humility. Remember what humility is. It's not degrading yourself or exalting yourself. You take a proper view of yourself based on God's word. Number three. Humility, I'm going to go to James 4. Humility is part of what keeps you far from the devil's reach. I'm in James 4 at verse 7 down through verse 10. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. I tell you, there's so many benefits to having humility of heart. It makes you more pleasant to be with. It instills and maintains healthy peace of mind. It has a good influence on others. But here is another benefit or product of humility. By maintaining consistent humility before God and submitting to God, you are resisting the devil. And as an old preacher said when I was a kid, you're sending him down the road. You're sending him down the road. Humility brings you closer to God, and the closer you are to God, the more you're sending the devil down the road. The devil can see that, and James says, he will flee from you. I just love the promise that I can respond to God in such a way that the devil will be sent down the road. I can't just sit back and wish the devil would leave. I cannot send him away by whim or impulse or by means of my association with good people. The truth is, in my active responding to God's will, this says, he will flee from you. A very good writer of a couple of generations ago, Jonathan Edwards said, nothing sets a person so much out of the devil's reach as humility. And so prepares the mind 
for true divine light without darkness and so clears the eye to look on things as they truly are. Humility, not an exaggerated view of yourself and not beating yourself down, but letting God's word determine how you view yourself. There are practical products to that. Being a seeker of knowledge, it is essential for prayer. It keeps you from the devil. And there's one more I want to cover in the products of humility. Humility helps you to be a good listener and friend and servant. Now that relates to one of our themes this year, serving one another better. Humility equips you to be a better servant. Arrogance is an obstruction to forming and maintaining good relationships. I'll say again, arrogance is an obstruction to forming and maintaining good relationships. The arrogant person doesn't want to listen. The arrogant person wants to talk about themselves, their accomplishments and their awards. And in conversation, they have a parade in their own honor. And the only time they pause is to take a breath. And then you can get a few words in while they gather up other awards that they're going to hand themselves. The humble person wants to listen. And learn about others. And form a good warm relationship that will be able to encourage and to serve. Here's what humility does according to Paul in Philippians chapter 2. He said, do nothing from rivalry or conceit. But in humility count others more significant than yourselves. That's a key ingredient to being a servant to others, isn't it? Count others more significant than yourselves. And then he adds in verse 4, let each of you look out not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. I ran across this a number of years ago, and I've used it as an illustration. I have sourced it well. One of the most arrogant statements I've ever heard is this quotation from Mike Bloomberg, Business Insider, April the 15th, 2014. Bloomberg said, I'm telling you, if there is a God, when I get to heaven, I'm not even stopping to be interviewed. I'm heading straight in. I have earned my place in heaven. It's not even close. I don't even like to read that quote when it's cloudy outside. Now, would you think this kind of person would be a good friend? If you sat down with Bloomberg, would he be a good listener? Would he care about your circumstance? Humility, in addition to all the other benefits we have outlined, 
and many benefits we've not had the time to talk about tonight. Humility helps us to be good friends, good listeners, encouragers, good servants. I have no idea how I can be a good servant to you or you can be a good servant to me absent biblically based humility. That is a true concept of who you are based on God's Word. Now, first of all, of highest importance, God responds favorably to our humility. It is pleasing to Him. He wants to see that in us. If you were out on an island by yourself and couldn't serve anybody in a direct way, God wants to see humility in your heart. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. 1 Peter 5, 6, where we started tonight. All that God expects to see in us is not only pleasing to him. It is practical and functional in daily life on earth. Such things as faith, love, hope, and humility. Those are all essential to serve God and go to heaven, and God wants to see those qualities in us. But also, while we're here on earth, under the sun, as these qualities are nourished in our lives here, as we grow in these areas, they are practical and functional in daily life on earth, especially in our relationship with each other. The value of humility should be attractive to each one of us and should cause us to stay in the Word, grow in following Christ and continue in prayer and develop humility and receive these great benefits. Humility enables me to be a seeker a seeker of knowledge from God's Word. Humility is essential to our participation with God in prayer. Humility sends the devil down the road. And humility helps me to be a good person, a good servant, a good friend and brother in Christ with genuine care for others. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time. Let's be standing as we sing.